fantastic podcast where we believe that through books and banter, all is possible. I'm Steph, aka Ideally Inspired Reviews on Instagram, and I'm joined by... I'm Ava of Kingdom of Mass on Instagram. And today's episode, we are recapping, it's kind of a twofer, we are recapping (laughs) our October witch shit and our November's, uh, oh sorry, I'm going to let Ava do the theme, but our recaps of our reading challenge from October (laughs) and November and um, all of the in-between. Go ahead, Ava, let me not steal your thunder. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, the thunder's been officially stolen, so Uh. I will bring the lightning and let you all know. Um, We are obviously doing witch shit for October, because of course, and then November's theme is slash was uh, read a retelling. Um, I personally am really excited. This is a little bit of a mashup episode just because of the way that the dates fell, Um, but while my October reading month was pretty disappointing, my November has been crushing it so far, and I'm very excited to tell you all about the books that I have been reading, especially because, and I feel like this needs a drum roll, they are not all books that Steph has read. I feel like that sometimes happens where I'm like, here's this amazing new romance I read, and Steph is like, oh yeah, that one that I reviewed back in 2006, loved it. I'm like, god. Damn it. Well, this is what you think. can't get ahead. You think that I may not have read it. Maybe I have, because I have been terrible at updating my Goodreads in the last few years. So, you know, just putting it out there. I'm so sorry that I'm not sorry, but. (laughs) Yeah, she's not sorry, but we'll see. I have high hopes for some of these, at least. Okay. Um, She's, like, already prepared to knock me down. That's okay. Uh, But let's start off, Steph, what did you read in October, and then what did you read that was theme-specific to witch shit? So I, um, I'll start with what I read that was witch shit. So it, (laughs) uh, it, I'm laughing because it actually was an accidental witch shit book. Um, it was A Kingdom of Shadows, or Stars and Shadows, I think is the right uh, sequence of words um, by Holly Renee. Uh, it is an adult romanticy. It's a series. It's very, uh, it, it involves high fae. There are witches. There are all kinds of things um, going on in that book and in that series. <laughs> but that is my official witch shit um, entry, I guess, for the reading challenge. Uh, October was a very interesting month for me. Um, if anybody follows me on Instagram, you'll know that I have been, um, following Harry Styles all over the fucking country. Um, I was in Austin for a hot second and then I was in Chicago and then ultimately ended things in LA. Um, and so it was intense. So there wasn't as much reading as I would have liked in October, Um, but a couple of other books that I read were, as I'm sure no one is shocked by, um, because I guess also Orc Temp, Orc, Orc, my God, Orctober, um, I read a lot of the Orc books by Finley Fenn. Um, I read the first, well, I started in September and then I ended the books in October, um, but I, 
the last one that I read was the one that actually just recently released, which was, ooh, I think it's The Midwife and the Orc. I have to go back and check. Oh. I think I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go back and check. Because now, of course, I can't fucking remember. But it's a fake, <laughs> da- it's a fake dating trope with orcs. I'm not mad about it. Um, I was very orky uh, in my reading habits <laughs> in September and October. There was a lot of orc books, um, a lot of fantasy books. I also had to read books for the bookish box so as always i can't reveal what those books are until later maybe in the december episode i'll be able to reveal because then we will be revealing our lineup for next year uh for the adult box um but yeah very orky very harry stylesy and very Mm. minimal witch shit in october i'm actually mildly disappointed in myself um but what about you ava so I also had a minimal witch shit October. And I'm actually oh. going to lie because my October reading month was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that my witch shit quota was very bad. Oh. And I blame it all on this one book mm-hmm. that I read. And the only reason why I finished it is because I wanted to give it the scathing review that it deserved. And that oh. was the only reason why I kept going through uh, was because I was so mad and I was feeling so petty about it. Here's what I was promised. I was promised small town romance. Uh-oh. A young woman is attacked by monsters and discovers that she has latent witch powers. And okay. her mind was, her memory of being a witch was actually erased. Okay. Because she faced these like magical witch exams And they decided that her magic was too unstable, too risky. This was when she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so they put a block on her magic, wiped her memory, and sent her off to go and live in this town as if nothing had happened. So it's very quaint, small town, very Stars Hollow vibes for anyone who's a fan of Gossip Girl. And she, like, runs a bookstore now. She has this crew of, like, four close friends who are kind of weird. And so in the beginning, you're like, what's their deal? And then it becomes obvious, like, of course, they're witches and they're hiding her ma- their magic from her. Okay. Uh, her love interest is this, like, farmer. She has a sassy cousin who I thought personally was gay and was excited for it to go in that direction. And it didn't, much like everything else in this book. Um... And there's, like, a, you know, foretelling, you know, a curse that's happening. She has to, like, lift the curse. Like, she's a warrior witch. I mean, the whole thing was, like, so far up my alley. I could not have been more excited. Like, does that I'm just, like, waiting like for the fun? other fo- shoe to drop. Right? I can already exactly. tell in the tone of your voice that it's bad news. But... You're, you're like, this sounds so good. Because mm-hmm. it does. It's like she finds out she's a warrior witch. Now she has to figure out why her magic was taken away. Because clearly, as she's learning to like relearning how to interact with it, she wasn't a bad witch. So why did they take away her powers? Like all the things. I mean, again, small town. Like I love it. I live for that shit. It's like desperate housewives, but with witches. Very small town, gossipy, like... I eat that up. Oh my God, this book was so fucking annoying. And I have never wanted to like reach into a book before and strangle a heroine quite as much as I did her. Here's the deal. I appreciate, I appreciate feminism, Uh but this woman made me want to like 
literally become an anti-feminist. I'm oh, not yikes. even kidding. I was about oh, to be yikes. like, uh, you know what? The men are right. Women are not allowed to oh, have no. any rights. This oh, no. particular one oh, is no. so bad. She is awful. Um, so for example, she just decides that she can take everything into her own hands uh-huh. and do whatever the fuck she wants because she is like, she's kind of the planner of the group okay um and so because she's the one with the plan and the one who has the logic she's kind of decided that she's the only one who gets to make decisions within the friend group and so everybody here is trying to explain like ma'am you've been without your magic for 10 years you also don't have your memory you don't know what what you're doing with magic you don't understand or remember how the politics work like please give us some time to teach you how to use your magic teach you how the politics here work so that you can like be you know empowered to protect yourself but for right now as we're in this transition period you know let's make sure because someone clearly wants to kill you because they sent monsters after you so let's make sure that you have someone with you at all times which again like she has roommates so it's not like it would be weird to have someone with her all the time and again she works at a bookstore like it wouldn't be weird but she just decides to go ahead and fuck everybody's advice she goes off alone constantly gets herself into trouble and it's all under this like umbrella of like i know what's best because i am the planner because i have done it this way and so therefore my way is the only way to move forward. And if that was not bad enough, she is written as the type of character who has all of these internal monologues about how sexist and misogynistic every single thing in the world ever is. Mm -hmm. So you'll just like, like her cousin will be talking and she'll be like, you know, he made a good point, like for a white man, like stuff like that where it's just but it's but it's not said to be like ironic like I think the author is really trying to be like you know we're being conscious here um it gets better by which I mean it gets so much worse there is a point where so there's a really creepy guy and he's established as creepy like we don't like him Uh who is very much against her. He wants her to fail. He sets them up on this date, basically, so he can get closer to her. But again, it's, like, very skeevy vibes. We don't like him. For some reason, she goes on the date. Like, I don't know why the fuck... You know, she has no problem telling everybody else to fuck off. But for some reason, she agrees to go on this date with this guy that she hates, who's very skeevy. Of course... He comes on to her in a way, like, he, like, turns off the light. They're standing on her porch. He, like, turns off the lights on the porch. He locks her door from the outside so she can't get into her own house. He is, like, pressing up against her and doing all these weird things and being super, like, it's uncomfortable, it's rapey, it's not cute, we hate it, we hate him. Um, But she does not have the ability to defend herself. He is using magic And he has known what to do with his magic because he's had it his whole life. She does not know what to do with her magic. She can't use it to defend herself because she just does not know how. She's smaller than him. So like physically she cannot defend herself. He's like, again, locked the door. Like the lights are off. It's really upsetting and uncomfortable. And her love interest, the man that she actually claims to love, like opens the door kicks this guy out possibly punches him in the face but i don't know if we ever got that far 
And I honestly, at this point, I was just like, I don't like fucking end my life. I don't even know. Because what happened next was so infuriating that I just can't even remember. So he like defends her. It's not like he kills this man in front of her, right? He's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Leave. You know, pulls her inside the house and and then he's like, you know, what were you thinking? This man is dangerous. We've established that he's dangerous. Why did you go on a date with him? You don't even like him. I'm pretty sure that she and that, the man who defended her had had sex at this point. So I'm pretty sure that they were already established. Like there's something there that we want to explore. And she has the gall, the audacity to tell him that he needs to fuck off. How dare he get involved in her life? How dare he try to defend her? She can handle herself. He's being overbearing in his masculinity. He's being toxic. He's basically, like, at one point, she, like, compares him to the guy who was giving her rapey vibes. Like, I just could not believe. I could not believe. I simply... I was, like, I... <laughs> and then she didn't even apologize. I don't no. think that either of them apologized. I think they got into a state, or if she did apologize, it was for some, it was like a half apology where she was like, I shouldn't have reacted that way. It's like, ma'am, why don't you understand that it's okay to like not have, like be in control of every single thing all the time? Um, It was just so uncomfortable and annoying and how just like how unlikable she was Uh and what pisses me off is that I feel like the authors um it's a it's a duo even though the name is Hazel Beck it's a pen name for a duo anyway I feel like the authors were intentionally trying to make her unlikable to try to prove the point that like women are like women who stay strong to their beliefs are sometimes unlikable and sometimes people want them to bend to society's expectations but they should like stay strong you know like I feel like that was kind of the commentary that they were trying to create was like you know you're not supposed to like her but if you don't like her that just means you don't understand her and you're not like an actual feminist and I'm like Mm -hmm. no she's a bitch she's literally the worst she's so terrible to everyone that she claims to care about and when people try to help her she basically like shoves her middle finger up their asshole like why would anyone enjoy being around her so the only reason the reason i i don't know why i'm putting myself under this pain but i am going to read the sequel (laughs) because because we meet in this book a like he's he's like a witch who's immortal who fucking hates the main character and thinks that she's like scum of the earth literally which already same I relate to him so hard but um he very much has these like just like sexy you know centuries old sorcerer vibes and I already know because I looked it up on Goodreads that the second book is going to be about the main character's sister Uh who also doesn't like the main character and is basically like the diametric (laughs) opposite of her so I'm like okay so it's the guy who's really like sort secret sexy sorcerer dude plus (laughs) The girl who, like, literally ran away from her sister because she didn't want to end up anything like her. Maybe there's something here. So I'm going to try it and see. But the book is Small Town Big Magic by Hazel Beck. And I've seen this book. It was, like, picked on Barnes & Noble for something. Like, I've been seeing it get hype. And I'm here to tell you... There is no, it's so undeserved. This is like, I did not sign up for like a gender theory class. Women's studies, like no, it's, but it's not even like women's studies. 
It's like all the like radical feminists from the 70s who said that like all sex is rape oh. because of just the way that it is, you know, like where you're just like, what is happening? What's going on? This is terrible and I don't like it and I'm uncomfortable. So anyway, um, that was that book. And it ruined witches for me for the rest of the month. Oh, so no. I that could not. Yeah, I was like, I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Meanwhile, was, like, for me, so I, I, I only didn't read a lot more witches, mainly because I was so enraptured by the orcs. But, like, the thing <laughs> is, is, like, and let me just say this. I know that I talked about it a little bit in our previous recap episode, but, like, if anybody has not read Finley Fenn and you haven't read any monster romance, like I will say that like the sex scenes can be a little graphic, but like not uncomfortable. Uh, just like, you know, it's, it's, it's there's sex, there's sexy things happening, but it is definitely not like an erotic romance or a breeding kink or you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, there's actual, like the actual like world building, the actual romance, the story is really well done. Um, and Mm -hmm. so like, I, I'm all in on these stories mainly because in every scenario, um, well, first of all, the orcs are very sexually fluid. I don't even think that they have like any distinct like sexuality label. Um, and oh, so nice. it's kind of like anything goes type of vibe. There are a mm-hmm. couple that are like, I choose not to like, you know, uh, like they have a preference, I guess, but like they don't have a label. So, like, that's the first mm-hmm. thing. Like, they're very sexually fluid, which I love that. But also, all of the um, female love interests in this book, they're, they're all human. And so, there's also kind of, like, there's a cultural difference between, like, the humans and the orcs. And, like, the orcs kind of have, like, a tribal um, existence where there are different, like, tribes uh, of um, orcs and each... Uh, mm. like each orc tribe is known for a specific thing. So like one of them, like they're like the enforcers, the warriors, um, mm. like the fighters. And then the other ones are known to be more erudite. Like they're the scientists and like the, right, the medics right. and like that kind of thing. The, um, the scholars, the teachers. Then there's another one that's like more of like, they're like the ones that cultivate crops and are the farmers and like that kind of thing. So like, so there's like this whole like dynamic to the world that Finley Fenn created. And I love that. And so each book, it's like a different orc from a different one of the tribes. So then you kind of get like more. And then there are, there is one book that is, there's a polyamorous, uh, yeah, but like they're all like, um, you know, like it's it's a mate vibe. So like you usually kind of get the faded mate vibe, but like it's not like how like <laughs> not to trigger Ava. It's not like how Ice Planet Barbarian is, where like they have their Thank cooties God. and like they you know it vibrates whenever they're near. <laughs> it's not like that. It is definitely more of like a life mate, like as in like who you're compatible with, and like it's not predetermined or predestined. Um, it's kind of like oh. I'm with you and. 
we're, you know, I love you and you're now my mate type of thing. And that's kind of how their mate bond. Oh, I like that vibe. so much more. Yes, exactly. And I love that. And, um, <laughs> though I think it's the third book, which is the librarian and the orc. So obviously that's the tribe that is the erudite tribe, like the cut, cut I think is how she has it. And, um, so it is like a librarian and then like another, like, um, like the orc loves to read and they meet in the library. And like, so it's like this cute fucking anyways, but it's all, what I also love about it is that he is, uh, a closet freak and that like, he is oh. like into, he's got like a little like Dom vibe. Um, but oh. she's, you know, submissive, but like, this is the only one that's kind of that way. Cause the other ones, but like they have like the whole discussion of like, I don't think that they necessarily have a safe word, but it's more like he like they have like a a, like a consent conversation and like where they talk about like what she's comfortable like what her limits are and like what she likes and what he does like what he will Mm. do and like that all kind of so it's like it's very much still uh on on the page comfortable to read right um it's not like dubious consent or anything like that um but he kind of has like um, a family vibe with these two other orcs that they kind of grew up together and um, they uh, like when they ultimately because obviously this is not a spoiler like all the books and they they have happily ever afters and then there are like bonus epilogues that the author has written and Mm -hmm. in the bonus epilogue like these like so the three orcs that are like you know brothers basically when he the main orc ends up having like a son. They kind of all like are like parents, like still like a, what is the word? Like surrogate, like, so they're like fathers. Yeah. Yeah. So like they all like, you know, are raising him and they call them like, you know, their son, like it's super cute. It's so cute. I love it. Um, they're like, it just, it's so well done. So I'm pretty much getting with these books, I'm kind of getting everything all in one. So I'm getting like, there are some that are a little more angsty, but like the angst is still written really well to where I don't feel like, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. annoyed by it. Cause as many of you know, I don't love angst. Um, but I'm getting that. I'm getting like the romantic element, but I'm also getting the monster element, even though they are a hundred percent humanoid. And like literally, I mean, like they like the anatomy and everything is the same. The only male main difference is like they kind of because they're all um, like all of them have human mothers because mm. like the way that it works is that they can only procreate with human women and there are no oh. female orcs like all orcs are men or male identifying but have male organs. Um, and so like the natural and though not all of them choose to have a female mate or a human mm-hmm. mate because some of the men actually have male like human mates too um oh yeah so like they you know but that's how they procreate is wow so already a- more inclusive and societally amazing <laughs> yes. than yeah. my pick is what <laughs> you're saying hundred percent and they also do not like there's not that like cultural uh, not cultural but like there's not that like 
oh, women are fragile and like they can't fucking do oh. anything uh, mentality with the orcs either. Like they view women as precious and to be protected, but like they don't caught like they don't like um uh, not right. coddle like they don't um it's not like smother them like, like yeah they're not yeah. overbearing about it like they're not like oh let me like don't break a nail doing this like you know what I mean like they mm-hmm. view them as equal partners. Um, right. And so like it's it's it really is like I said, it's it checks all the boxes. It's really great. I think that the only thing that I can advise for anybody that hasn't read any kind of non-human uh, paranormal <laughs> or fantasy romance is that obviously they are orcs and they have like um, like they have like uh, claws, I guess. But like they, they they're retractable, like they have like humanoid hands and that kind of thing. But like they're still um, built to hunt and like all that stuff. So they have like sharp teeth and like that kind of thing. But Hmm. aside from that, it's pretty humanoid. And obviously they're known to be bigger than men, like just a little taller and more broad and obviously more muscular, but yeah. So anyway, bigger. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Yes. I mean, that is, that is also a very, uh, notable thing. Um, but the, the other thing is, like I said, like you're going to get kind of a little bit of everything. They have a there's a male male um, book that's intermixed in there. Um, you can read them out of order if you want. But I do advise at least reading the first book first just to kind of establish mm. the world building there. And there is kind of like a historical fantasy vibe. So like it's. Uh, like there's no like electricity and like that kind of thing. Um, so like within the human society, it's very much like you know, patriarchy rules and you know. Ah, fun stuff. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so now you guys, if anybody hasn't read them, and if you go to read them, hopefully you'll enjoy them. And if you don't, I'm not going to be upset, but you'll understand why I've been fully immersed in that because <laughs> like I'm kind of getting everything with those reads um so it's not like you know sometimes where you're like oh i just really want to read like a super saucy or sexy book and then it's sometimes you're like i really just want to read like some magical like paranormal element or like i really so i'm getting all of that i'm getting like historical because y'all know i love that shit and then i'm getting monster romance (laughs) i'm getting paranormal um there are some like not like overtly magical well actually no there's some that have like some like some of their abilities kind of have like a magical element to them, but not all of them ha- have it. Uh, it's kind of like mm-hmm. an inherited trait within their tribe. So, um, yeah. So anyways, okay. That's enough about orcs that, that, so that was, but I mean, hello, it still kind of fit the, the theme in the sense that it was orc timber or October. I'm thinking about September, sex timber. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, I mean, ever, yeah. Every yeah. month is sexy because That's we decided true. it. So, but That's, yeah, I mean, I mean, I would say it counts. Um, yeah, I feel like my witch book doesn't even count as a witch book because I feel like it desecrates witch books. So, <laughs> I'm just like so. Oh, I should have so had a do over, <laughs> but I guess oh I guess if gosh. you're kind of like turned off by it, I guess that's. But honestly, that's how I am about like some of the like super angsty books like if it takes just one to like really it really make me angry and not want to read for a long Mm -hmm. time um 
So, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I understand. But that being said, getting out of the trauma of October, let's talk about November. November's prompt. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Which is hopefully not going to be less less traumatic for you. Oh, Oh my gosh, I read the best. And it was such a surprise, too. Like, I was not expecting this book at all. Um, So I'm going to go first, if you don't mind. She's like, okay, cool. Um... I, so I was at Barnes and Noble and I was buying a copy of, um, well, actually, no, I wasn't buying anything specifically. I went in there, I was just kind of wandering around and, um, one of the booksellers there was giving this guy like advice. He was like, she was like, you should read these books. And he was like, I don't know. And I saw the books that she would, had recommended. And I was like, oh my God, no, you need to read those books. Like, she's right. Read those. <laughs> and so he was like, oh my God. Okay. So me and the bookseller got to talking and we, it turns out, are both like super high fantasy, like geeks, nerds. So we love so many of the same books. Um, And she was like, have you read this? And she pulled out this book called Daughter of the Forest by Juliet. I think it's Marie. And I'm sorry to all the French people who are like screaming and crying right now, but I can't pronounce (laughs) anything French, despite the fact that I took the language for five years in high school and college. Um, But Juliet, it's M-A-R-I-L-L-I-E-R. I think it's pronounced Marie. Well, fingers crossed. Whatever. Daughter of the Forest. It is a retelling of the Six Swans myth, Ooh. which is one of the Brothers Grimm's book uh, stories, whatever. And I'd actually never heard about it because I'm more familiar with like Swan Lake. Right. Um, but this book is, or the story is essentially, um, there's, you know, a man who has six sons and a seventh child who's a daughter and one day he like brings this stepmother home um Mm -hmm. or this woman and she becomes the stepmom and she's actually this like evil enchantress and she wants her own son that she has with the the father dude king whatever with the father to be (laughs) like his the guy uh to be the heir to his Uh kingdom but she has to go through these six sons first and so she turns them into swans and um she like puts shirts over their head whatever that turns them into swans so she's enchanted these shirts and now they're swans and the daughter has to like break the curse that's how the original story goes Mm -hmm. um and then you know i'm sure other stuff happens but i stopped paying attention to wikipedia at that point um i just wanted (laughs) enough information to kind of like give you guys the gist about you know the myth so in the book it's the same thing except we're in Ireland it's like Ireland slash England back I don't even know at whatever time this was but probably like I would say like 1200 like approximately so a long time ago well maybe not maybe I actually don't know history especially like (laughs) you know the United Kingdom's history so whatever Ireland is kind of this like country that is divided into like clans and they're viewed as like barbarians by the English who are the noblemen and everything so which I think has been kind of standard for a lot of their history but whatever I digress they're at war with England they don't like each other um and one day this girl's like her she obviously has her six brothers and her 
dad comes home one day out of the blue with this sorceress who's like the worst person ever. Everybody can see it except for the dad. Sorceress curses the six brothers and they all turn into swans. And the fae of the forest who have taken a special interest in the daughter, um, they tell her that they can break the curse if she makes her brother's shirts out of a plant that is basically like a stinging nettle. So she has to like make shirts out of these plants and like weave them and sew them and all the things. Um, and she can't talk or make a sound oh. until this is completed. So she has to like, it's horrible. She has to like make the shirts. They're stinging her hands, but she can't scream because otherwise like the curse would not be broken, but it would like stay in place forever. So she has to basically undergo this like torture for so long while also staying hidden from the sorceress who is very much looking for her because she escaped um, about two years into her like hell essentially because she's like living in the forest no one knows she's there she hasn't spoken to anyone um i will say there's a there is a trigger warning for sexual assault and it's relatively graphic so keep that in mind oh yeah um <laughs> yeah unfortunately um but she then is running away from some other people and she stumbles across these like englishmen who are trying to like get out of the forest basically they've been like separated from their troops for reasons that you'll discover later and the uh, one who's in charge sees her and helps her escape, but he insists on taking her back to England uh, because he thinks that she has information about his brother who has gone missing in the forests of Ireland. And so even though she can't talk mm -hmm. um, and she knows what happened to his brother, he's still like, oh, I'm like, I'm going to take you home with me. Um, so he does, she's continuing to make the shirts at this point. His mother is obviously not, not pleased at all that he has taken such a liking to this random, like wild woman. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like facing, you know, a marriage an impending marriage. Um, but they are getting closer and closer. And I, you guys, I'm telling you, this book is maybe the most romantic thing that I've ever read in my entire life because like she can't speak. He obviously does not know very much about her, so he has to kind of, like, interpret her looks, her, like, the way that she moves, how she kind of, like, how she touches him, how she, like, interacts with the rest of the world. And he basically has to, like, piece together everything that he knows about her without her ever talking. And so he becomes so in tune to, like, how she like, behaves. And it is so romantic. I was, like, actually... <laughs> kind of losing my mind because it's probably the most romantic thing that I've ever read in my entire life. Okay. I was losing it. He like takes her to this cove because she's like, she only saw the ocean when they were like, you know, coming back from Ireland and she was violently seasick the entire time. So she, she's like, fuck the ocean. Um, but he takes her to the, co like this cove and he starts drawing and she's like, you know, in her mind because she can't say anything. She's right. like, I didn't know that he drew. That's weird, you know, but I'm sure, of course, he's drawing this beautiful, like, landscape, this beautiful, stunning beach. Um, and no, he's drawing her. Like, he shows her the drawing, and it's of her, and he's, he's, like, telling her all these stories. I just, like, I literally, I have no words. It was the most romantic thing that I've ever read in my <laughs> life. It is a happily ever after 
for them. And I don't want to spoil like why it's happily ever after, but I was like screaming at like the, like the three quarter mark. I was like losing my mind because I didn't know that, like it's not a strictly romance book. So I Mm -hmm. genuinely wasn't sure if they were going to like wrap it up in a bow. Oh, right. Mm Mm-hmm. I just didn't know, so I was panicking. And then it does get wrapped up, but, like, not in the way that I was expecting to at all. And it just goes to show, like, how much he loves her. And so, Eddie... I, like, I wanted, like, dry heave right now. It's so fucking romantic. (laughs) And, like, I'm obsessed. It has some of the most beautiful writing that I've ever read in my life. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, this woman walked. It was published in, like, 2000. And I'm telling you... Juliette Barrier, if I, that is how you pronounce her name, she walked so that Naomi Novik could run. Like, honestly, I've read Spinning Silver and I've read Uprooted or at least part of Uprooted. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is like the most magical, like fairy tale prose. Like, everybody comps Naomi Novik when they do their fairy tale retellings. And I'm telling you, she is running because Juliet walked. Like, it is so fucking beautiful and stunning and perfect. <laughs> and I. Like, I'm so excited because um, she apparently also has a Beauty and the Beast retelling that is, like, her small fandoms, because it's not very big, but I intend on blowing these books up, so you guys better help me. Um, and apparently it's, like, more adult, because, like, in this book, the, the heroine never gets older than, I want to say, like, 17. Um, so it's not the most, like, explicit sexually romance, although sex definitely does happen. Uh, but I've heard that the Beauty and the Beast retelling is, like, the main heroine, like, is an adult. Um, and it is, like, an adult book. And so I am, like, very, very excited to read it. I will report back. But please, I beg of you, it's not the most, like, action-packed, but it's also not the longest. It's beautiful. It's romantic. And there's definitely enough intrigue to keep you, like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going to happen next? It's so so good. I already want to reread it. And I'm so sorry that I've literally spent like 15 minutes talking about this, but it was so fucking good. Daughter of the forest, everyone. Okay, I'm done now. I mean, I have like so many other books that I could talk about, but I'm done with that one. I'm so sorry. I really just like, I needed that though. I've had to get that off my chest. So Steph, what did you read? (laughs) So funny that you mentioned a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Um, I know that that's like such an overdone almost, though I will still eat them all up, um, Mm -hmm. retelling. But um, a mutual of mine and uh, my friend Katie's, uh, she had mentioned this author named uh, Jenica Snow. I think it's Jenica, hopefully, if it's not Janika, but it's spelled J-E-N-I-K-A. Um, and, or there might be two ends. I don't know. But anyway, I digress. Um, she has a, uh, series of, um, retellings, but they are monster romance who is shocked or like kind of slightly dark. Um, and they're shorter. They're kind of almost novella length, a little over novella length. Um, and so the first one is the beast, I believe that the second one is um, called The Hunter, and I think that that's um, Snow White mm. retelling. So it's like the the hunter that had to like find her and cut her heart mm-hmm. out or whatever. But anyways, so in The Beast, um, 
the beast does he he remains the beast and he is in beast form and oh. he stays beastie um throughout the whole thing um but <laughs> i already know why you liked this so Hilaire. much um but uh obviously bell um they're uh, like gaston is in it and like there's there's still all these other elements but obviously there are um magic elements to it as well um and obviously the beast is very growly and dominant which you know we love we stand um only in those situations like i would not go for that in real life but like in books it's fine um but uh that one was i i really um i enjoyed it i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it for what it was I was a little let down. I think that honestly, it might have been a case of it was hyped. And I think that if mm-hmm. I had just picked it up and I read it on a whim, uh, it would have been fine. I mean, it's it's still fine. Yeah. I finished it. I didn't DNF it or anything. It was just <laughs> kind of I, here's here's my vibe. And if anybody's read it and loved it, like I can see why. And I'm not going to like tell you you're wrong. I think that the right. main issue that I had with it was only that the dialogue was a little cheesy for me, um, especially mm. for like the kind of tone that the author set for the book. Like it didn't feel like because the thing is, is like if you're going to do a retelling where it's kind of practically like a Disney retelling, let's be real, like because right. it's the Disney version of Beauty and the Beast. Um. And it's historical, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't buy some of, like, the more modernized vernacular that's being used in the book. Like, it just yeah. doesn't... It's very... Di- it takes me out of the story more of more totally. than anything. And then it's kind of like... it's. There were some moments that I kind of, like, eye-rolled a little bit where I think that it was kind of, like, she was intending for the Beast to be, like, super... Um, what's the word uh fuck like i'm not angry like uh surly and like you know like he's because he's in his feelings about things and like whatever (laughs) like i get it but like it got to the point where it was almost too much like like i felt like they were there was more focus being spent on things that could have just been a quick like mention then you know what I mean like the things that she should have kind of fleshed out she rushed and the things that she should have rushed she fleshed out so then it just felt a little muddly and balanced especially considering it's not a long book it's a it's like I think that it's only like 250 200 pages um so I I finished it uh like the sex was fine in it. Um, oh the, no! The, despite the sex that it, was fine. Well, no, I mean it was in fine. our year of. Oh, I know. Like I mean, it was fine. It was fine in the sense that I think that by the time it happened on the page, I was already like, like, out. Like Over I wasn't it. invested in it anymore. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Out. So I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay, good for you. You you fucked her. Okay, cool. Um, oh. <laughs> but like, cause I mean, it was, there was a lot of like build up to it too, where like, cause it's dual POV. So you get the beast point of view too, mm-hmm. which I think is, is important because then it doesn't feel like there isn't consent. Uh, cause there is a right. little bit of, like, there's no dubious consent. Let me, let me, let me rephrase. There's not like dubious consent, but there is like a moment of like, Kind of like in Dragon's Breath, where he's like, he's like, run so that I can chase you. Uh, 
Like there's like yeah. like kind of one of those moments where it's like it, it, there's the animalistic like baser predator prey right. urge, right? So it can translate not very consenty <laughs> depending on how it's written. <laughs> so it's good that we had dual POV leading up to it and in the moment so that like you know that everybody's fine with what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But despite that, I'm not saying don't read it, but I am saying maybe just go into it not expecting it to be what a lot of people hype it up to be, maybe. I mean, but again, that's just me. Um, There might be other people who read it and will enjoy it. I personally think that the part of part of the reason why I was also a little hypercritical of it was because, number one, it's in the midst of my orc, <laughs> orc, uh, orc sworn, or I don't know what the, the actual orc <laughs> orc is called. I, well, I, I don't know. But, like, I don't know what the fucking series is called by Finley Fenn, but, like, um, I... It, I think I was in the midst of that where I feel like that, it, it, well, obviously it's longer. Those are longer books. So you have more time for world building and like the emotional connections and like all that stuff. And then going into this, that is like a shorter, uh, a mousse <laughs> version. But like, <laughs> I think because I was reading something else that in my opinion was uh, better written. Mm. And then to like read this at the same time, I'm like, oh, this, this ain't giving what it's supposed to in my opinion again in my opinion like nothing against the author like i i still would pick up something else of hers um i'm curious i mean she has a lot of other books that are not fantasy um that are not historical that are not monster Mm -hmm. romance that i've heard good things about and eventually you know I'll, i'll get around to reading it but just in this particular instance this book was probably like a two and a half three if I'm being super generous um but it's still entertaining it was still entertaining to read and I think that um what saved it is that it wasn't very long um if I had like to sit through like another hundred pages I probably would have like not had great things to say or maybe I would have had better things to say I don't know maybe because there would have been more time (laughs) to devote to like (laughs) to the books itself but anyways so that is the book that I read that fit the brief for our November reading challenge. The Beast by Jenica Snow. Um, everybody can check that out if they're curious. Um, it's funny <laughs> because I think that my October, like your October flop was my November flop. Yeah. Like, but obviously I'm not as like passionate about the flopping um well it sounds like your flop wasn't quite as offensive yeah no it wasn't it definitely was fine I mean it it was fine I also think that if if you've not read a lot of monster romance you might enjoy it more than I did too like I read Mm -hmm. a lot of like you know borderline taboo uh (laughs) monstery romance and like I am not very much affected by non-humanoid uh, things um, that's happening, you know, on the page. I obviously have to be in the mood for it because, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is too much right now. I need to go back and read, like, the Bible. Um, right? Person. Yeah. Um, but uh, that I think, again, that's the other thing, too. I think that it's, like, especially, like, for somebody, like, if you read a lot of fantasy, for example, and then you get to one that you're like, oh, this might be like the author's yeah, totally. first attempt at fantasy. You're like, I can tell. But like they're on to something. So like maybe I'll go back and, you know, finish out the series or something. But this is a standalone, 100%. And I don't think that they're interconnected at all. Um, but Oh, okay. Anyway. 
yeah. So, wow. anyways, that that was my that was my November option. Obviously, we are still as at point of recording, we are still midway through um November. I don't anticipate having a ton of reading time. I'm sure that you can agree because the holidays um, are mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, so. <laughs> totally. So then yeah. let's just wrap up this episode by, I'm going to ask you, what are you currently reading for November? Um, so I am finishing up A Crown of Ivy and Glass. I think that's Woo-woo. the correct... I mean, yep. you're gonna you're gonna talk about that, but uh, I'm still reading it. Ava has finished. Um, I am reading. Uh, what is the other book? Uh, I have. I, I intend to read before I let go by Kennedy Ryan. Um, I actually had an arc mm-hmm. of that, and I didn't get a chance to read it before it released. Um, but I plan on reading that. I've heard really, really, really good things. I will say mm-hmm. I'm mildly apprehensive because Colleen Hoover blurbed that book, and it's not to say that Colleen Hoover is a terrible writer. <laughs> like, nobody come for me. It's just, it's for the same reason that, like, Mariana Zapata I know is not for me just because I'm not an angst lover. Right. And so, whereas, right. like, with Colleen, I, I don't love reading tragedy porn. So, like... I just would like and to... to be fair, at least from the book that I read, the books that I read of Kennedy Ryan, there can be a certain amount of. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Them, so. Absolutely. But in comparison to the two, if I had to make a choice of which one was mm. better suited to my reading taste, it would be Kennedy Ryan. Um, right. And so I know that I've read stuff by her and I love it. And she's actually part of the winter anthology for bookish. And she wrote a book. Uh, or a, sto- a short story that is kind of of a similar premise of like a second chance romance um, vibe um, mm. if for that anthology. And it kind of got me excited to read this one. So I'm hoping for the best, but I'm also going into it mildly apprehensive. But at the same time, that way I will not be disappointed. <laughs> right, um, right. So that is also on my November TV, TBR. Um what else did I recently read? I am reading Bad Alpha by um, uh, Catherine Moon, which is part of her like sweet verse, a megaverse series. I haven't actually read that one yet. Um, and I'm only really reading it because I did a reread of Lola and the Millionaires, um, mm. which is another Omegaverse book that I highly recommend for somebody who is new to Omegaverse because um, it's reverse harem-y. Um, but in Bad Top Alpha, yes, <laughs> but in Bad Alpha, the alpha is a female. Uh, so she's a female oh. and it is very much a reverse harem as well because she has multiple uh, partners in that. Um, and they're all a unit, I guess. Um, but I'm not that far into the book. So I, I've only recently started it and... That's pretty much it. I'm I like I'm hoping to eventually maybe possibly get into some holiday romance. I don't know. I really have to get into the mood mm-hmm. for holiday romance though. Yeah. So I feel that. Um what about you, Ava? So I am currently reading Bloodmarked by Tracy Dion, which is the second book in the Legendborn cycle. Um Legendborn is a YA romance or YA romance, it's not a romance. It's a YA fantasy. <laughs> um that I mean, it has romance in it, but it's not right. a romance. Um, right. That is kind of inspired um, slash twists off of Arthurian legend. So already, like, I'm obsessed. Um, 
this book was one of my I stopped reading YA about like a year and a half ago I would say mm-hmm. um and I still have a couple of authors for whom I will get through it but honestly it's mostly because like I know them personally and want to support them mm. as opposed to like I'm seeking it out mm-hmm. um I don't think I've read a YA book of my own like volition um since Legendborn honestly and Bloodmarked is the only one like I left some YA series like half finished and Bloodmarked was the only one I had any desire to pick up um so I'm reading that right now and sure enough it is very good I just think these books are just solid like yes they're so so good like regardless of being YA they never feel too immature I never want to like smack the heroine and be like you're fucking stupid (laughs) you know the what the the writing is not juvenile like it's just like a good like it feels quite as and I don't want to say good because I think that that's detrimental to YA authors but Mm -hmm. it's more adult which is more what I'm interested in reading at this point in my life well Um, it's just like you don't want the trivial like yeah exactly yeah angsty nonsense yeah yeah precisely it doesn't like it actually feels like there's more at stake than like who am I gonna go to the dance with you know like (laughs) I could I simply could not read a Jenny Han novel at this point in my life like no shade to her I just could like it's just not what I want yeah um and so I'm really really enjoying it I'm getting through it kind of slowly because I'm doing it via audio Mm -hmm. um and unlike romances, which I just put on as audio and I'll like listen to that while I'm doing whatever. And it kind of doesn't matter if I like fade in and fade out because it follows like a plot that I'm like expecting, <laughs> right? Like it's easier to drift in and out of romance novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of moving through Bloodmarked slowly. So I think I might go out and buy a print edition uh, and read that, at which point I'm sure I will just absolutely tear through it. Um And then the second thing I'm reading is The Kingdom of Gods, which is the third book in the 100,000 Kingdoms series by N.K. Jemisin. And the series, so I have the omnibus and I have been staring at this thing. It's like a brick. I'm not kidding you. I think it's, I think it's 1600. Okay, so it's. 1500 pages long the thing is huge holy shit but it's yeah exactly exactly so it's so heavy um but it's a trilogy so it's a bind up which that helps um anyway and that has been one of the books that kind of took me by surprise because I've had it for like two years I think and I tried to read the first chapter over and over and over again I could never get through it and I was like fuck my life but I special ordered this book it was not not expensive I mean it was like 30 bucks so I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking finish this thing before I completely DNF it and once I got past the first chapter like for some reason the first chapter just clicked with me and I swear to god I have not put them down these books are so good and I'm now on the third I'm really proud of myself for like getting through it and it's so good and I'm so happy that I did it (laughs) and I will probably talk about it a little bit more in our like December reading challenge slash Mm -hmm. like November like wrap up when I'm like done with the series um but I have to say the hundred thousand kingdoms is so good the first book the premise is like a surprise heir to the throne falls in love with an enslaved god and basically has to like kind of decide like is he you know is he using our love to free me or to free himself like who's he trying to serve here because mm-hmm. he's very morally gray and it's much more complicated than just that but that's like the quick pitch 
And then the second one is um, it takes it follows a different set of people. Um, but the God, there's a God who is punished. Um, and his punishment is that he has to go and basically roam around with humanity, even though he hates mortals. Um, and he's taken in by this blind woman who can't see her like surroundings, but she can see magic. And so she is one of the very few people who knows like actually who he is. And that one is very much like they hate it's not that they hate each other it's just that like she can't take him seriously like he's so rude he's so nasty he's just not nice at all but like but then they fall in love and it's just so fucking good oh my gosh these books are killing me so (laughs) anyway i love them um obviously nk jemison is like a record breaker when it comes to speculative fiction so if you have any interest in fantasy please read her books. They're amazing. So yeah. Yeah. I, I also have, um, oh my gosh, Bloodsworn. Is that Bloodsworn? What the fuck? I'm thinking about my orcs again. Um, Bloodmarked. Yes. (laughs) Um, I also have Bloodmarked to read, uh, cause I, I actually got an arc of it, but once again, I was in the midst of my orcs and then couldn't put my orcs down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do intend on reading that also because that is on like high priority TBR. I, I forgot about that one. So I'm glad that you mentioned it because I do want to finish that series because I'm with you. I'm in the same same boat. It's difficult for me to read YA now. Um, the only way that I do read are ironically like um, anthologies when it's like short stories because then at least like it's like a short little. Right. That's it. It's a bite. Yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah. devote more than like 150 pages <laughs> to to YA right now unless I'm doing rereads of YAs that I I've previously read and loved cuz it's it's really difficult. It's I can't. Um Yeah. My mind yeah. is way too warped now to go back. Um I know. I feel like honestly I'm blaming it on like COVID and the election. Like my innocence is lost. It's gone. <laughs> I just can't. Well, I will say that like I I mean, the thing is is that I'm just I've found that the main reason is because I'm so used to the adult formula, like the adult romance or like adult fiction formula yeah. Um, yeah, that makes of sense. how the books are written, that it's difficult, like getting out of that headspace to read. I mean, the same re- reason even reading like nonfiction sometimes, because it's like, unless it's like a celebrity memoir or like a memoir in general, like it's difficult for me or unless it's like history where I just want to learn more about something. I just, it's right. difficult for me to uh, read. Um, and honestly, it's, the, it's part of the same reason that I don't particularly enjoy reading like World War II historical romance mm-hmm. because like the, I understand what the conflict is going to be already. And I just, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Right. Um, <laughs> So anyways, I digress. But that was a lot <laughs> that we yeah, were that giving everybody. Um, we're excited for December. And obviously in December, um, we are going to be talking about a book that has been on our TBR longer than, what, a year? Uh, a year. Yep. Yeah. And also we will be doing a 2022 reading, watching, entertainment, excitement roundup. <laughs> so we're excited Ooh. about that, too. 
So in the meantime, obviously, feel free to drop us a line and let us know what kind of books you guys have been reading for the reading challenge, what's been on your TBR, what you're excited about reading um, later this month, and obviously forthcoming in December. And um, as always, for those of you who are not part of our Patreon, just so you know, we have a couple more spots available. our Patreon page is patreon.com slash phantomtastic. And we obviously have a lot more content and bonus <laughs> bonus episodes that um, are extraordinarily unhinged that we drop there regularly, far more than our public episodes that you can definitely check out. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, follow us on our socials at phantomtasticpod um, over on Instagram. Yep, and phantomtastic.com. And I think that's all I have to say. I don't know why it said .com. When you well, no, we do. Fan- well, no, phantom. Like, no, well, I that's do. our website, I too. I know, we were like, our Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, .com. But it's also true. <laughs> Help. It's Fantastic Pod. Honestly, if you just Google Fantastic Pod, you'll find all of our stuff. But, it's true. Uh, but yes. But anyways, that being said, Ava, take it away. <laughs> Don't let the hard days win. That's right. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.